This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. On Money FM 89.3, China Perspective with Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief with The Straits Times. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. Time to shift our focus to China right now, and they have had quite a busy time. Over the weekend, Beijing announced that they're ramping up their crackdown on after-school tutoring companies by availing a new set of regulations. But why now, and how will this inf- affect investors like Tiger Global Management or even Tomasic? Uh, another issue worth looking at: U.S. Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman arrived in China on Sunday to begin. Dying Dialogue with Chinese officials, but a day before her arrival, China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi said in a statement that China will give the U.S. a tutorial on how to treat other nations equally if needed. Well, how has such a statement possibly changed the outcome of that visit? And is there anything positive we can expect from it? Lastly, you would have read in the news about Typhoon Infa. It's hit China, and according to state media, the typhoon made landfall in eastern China on Sunday. Causing the evacuation of more than a hundred thousand people. We're talking about cancellation of flights in and out of Shanghai, and of course, halting of business operations. Now, Infa landed in Jiangshan, Zhejiang Province, at twelve thirty p.m. local time, with a maximum wind force of thirty-eight meters per second. How long is this expected to last? What else do we know about it, and how has Beijing reacted to this devastation? Let's get some analysis uh, from Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief at Straits Times. Don, good morning. Thanks uh, for helping me out with this. So let's first talk about the big news over the weekend, where you've got a ramp up uh, from China and the crackdown on after-school tutoring companies. So new set of sweeping regulations that. Bans the firms from making profits and raising capital from overseas markets. What is the objective here with these set of rules? I mean, how how will this edutech assault, in that sense, hit investors from the likes of Tiger Global Management to Tomasic? And I mean, if I'm one of those education billionaires, does it send my fortune into a bit of a nosedive? Hi. Good morning. Well, it is like you said, quite a sweeping set of rules, and it includes not just turning existing tutoring companies into non-profits, but also prohibiting them from teaching on the weekends and during holidays. And the motive behind it is really to reduce stress levels on parents and children, whether academically or financially. And to encourage parents to have more children, as China recently made a major policy shift to allow families to have three children, the industry is still trying to make sense of this and how they are supposed to restructure or maneuver. But the news has already sent shares tumbling yesterday, with some of these listed companies' shares falling between thirty and fifty percent, and their bosses losing their billionaire status quickly. I think the Chinese authorities have also come to have a distaste for these education companies that have become very rich and very big on the back of parents who want for their kids to excel in schools, and the social inequalities that they bring. It's become a multi-billion-dollar industry that has drawn foreign investment, including from Singapore's Tomasic Holdings. But these new regulations have now put pay to overseas investors wanting in on companies that provide tuition for core subjects in schools. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Like us and rate us. And now back to our podcast episode. 
Don, turning to another issue that's popped up, U.S. Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman arriving in China on Sunday. And the objective was to reset relations between the two countries. But even before she arrived, um, China's uh, Foreign Minister Wang Yi made a statement that China will give the U.S. a tutorial in how to treat other nations equally if needed. So I know there has been some development in, in this particular situation. I mean, what can you tell us about it? so far and I mean what can we expect from this dialogue anything positive perhaps there wasn't really any real outcome from the talks by the looks of it from readouts provided by both the Chinese foreign ministry and the US State Department the Chinese were keen to show that both foreign minister Wang Yi and vice foreign minister Xie Feng had tough words for the US Mr. Wang was said to have spelt out three red lines that the US shouldn't cross that it does not challenge China's political system, that it does not disrupt China's development, and that it does not interfere in China's sovereignty issues, such as matters in Hong Kong, Tibet, Xinjiang, and Taiwan. Mrs. Xie was also quoted to have told Ms. Sherman that the U.S. should stop its campaign to demonize China and that it had no right to lecture China on democracy and human rights. The State Department's summary of the meeting sounded more conciliatory and said Ms. Sherman and Mr. Wang had a frank and open discussion on a range of issues and she had also privately brought up concerns over China's actions in Hong Kong, Xinjiang and the South China Sea. But they had also talked about cooperating on global issues such as climate change and counter-narcotics. No one had expected much from these talks and from the looks of it, it doesn't appear to have gone too badly or too well either. On the line with me is Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief at The Straits Times. Uh, Don, I saw some uh, images of this yesterday. Uh, Henan and other parts of China now are bracing themselves for another round of heavy rainfall because of typhoon infights, bringing more wind and rain to the inner land. Uh, what can you tell us about the situation right now? Any updates for us? And how long is this typhoon expected to last? What's the Chinese government going to do? The Met Service yesterday warned that there could be another round of heavy downpour that could bring about flash floods and landslides in Henan, which is still battling the aftermath of last week's deadly floods that has already killed 69 people and five people reported missing. Typhoon Infa hit off the coast of Zhejiang province on Sunday morning and worked its way across Hangzhou and Yaxing. And on social media, people were sharing videos of roads that have been inundated with water because of overflowing flood dikes. Over the next four days, at least, parts of Jiangsu, Jiangxi, Anhui provinces and Shanghai will still get torrential rain. Already, nearly 100,000 people have been evacuated in Jiangsu province, and Shanghai has cancelled flights and trains into and out of the city while evacuating over 360,000 people. And yesterday, Premier Li Keqiang, in a meeting with emergency and rescue officials, also urged them to do everything that they can to safeguard people's lives. He also said officials who were negligent would be taken to task. All right, I've been speaking with Straits Times China Bureau Chief Tan Don Wei. Uh, Don, thank you so much for taking the time this morning. I'll catch up with you again next week. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.